Welcome to HF 101, 15 minutes on scholarships. I'm your host, John Elfner, and today we're going to be talking about scholarships that will make paying for college more manageable. On our last episode, we talked about FAFSA, and that one was a little bit grueling. FAFSA can be a hassle, but I promise today's episode is going to be easier. Today, we're going to talk about finding money for college in places other than FAFSA. Let's have our two post-secondary counselors, Brad Kane and Kevin Coy, get us started. Scholarship searching, uh, something that our students at HF do not do enough of, in my opinion. You know, scholarship searching, and that is, that's a job in itself, but it is very well worth it once, you know, once everything is said and done. Uh, there are many scholarships that go unspoken for. I know I've heard this over the years, even when I was a student myself, students don't apply for scholarships. You can hear it directly from the horse's mouth here, is students do not apply for these scholarships. Students need to apply for as many scholarships as they possibly can. It's gonna be a pain in the rear end. I always tell students that scholarship searching is not fun, right? It's not something that you would look forward to on a Friday evening, you know, when you have nothing else to do. But if you just do four to five scholarships, just to start with, you may need to write four to five different essays. After you've gotten past that point, now it's just simply, it's copy and paste essays that you've already written. As those local scholarships start to come in, it'll start off, it'll start off small during the, during the beginning of the school year, but as we could get closer to the second semester and rolling into the second semester, we get more and more uh, local scholarships that'll be available. It's your name and your address and a little bit about you on an application and send out as many of those scholarships that you can. You know, it starts really, students can start now and start with that uh, national, national-based scholarship search. Um, you can definitely start that now. And a question that I do ask my students about uh, scholarships is, if, first of all, if they have a part-time job, right? And if the student answers yes, I ask them about what they make, and usually it's around minimum wage, 12 to $15 an hour. So then I challenge students and families with this. Well, if you were to spend an hour working on a scholarship that was only worth $250, that would be the bare minimum lowest scholarship dollar that we usually see. And you got that scholarship. You just made $250 an hour. If you compare that to your part-time job, it is well worth the time to spend a little bit of time on these scholarships. We have had students in the past where they've applied to so many different scholarships that they were able to pay for their first year. Those that don't fill out scholarships will never get a scholarship. And those that do fill out these scholarship applications may have a pretty good shot at getting them. So it's, it is well worth their time. In the end, it does all work out. As I tell students, you're not gonna get every single scholarship that you apply for, but it's just like fishing. You throw out a, a wide net, you try to apply for as many scholarships as you can, and there may be a few that, that you can end up getting. That's great advice from Kevin and Brad as usual, but let's hear from a parent who's gone through the process. I talked to Ajina Muhammad, and she's the mother of twins going to college this fall, so her school funding challenges were greater than most. Although I work in higher education, the process was still overwhelming. There was still a sense of anxiety because I think uh, sometimes as parents, you know, when our children start freshman year, you think, oh, I've got time. But those four years go by so quickly. Going in, my anxiety level was probably over 10. <laughs> Mr. Coy just really eased my concerns. And I explained to him, I have twins. And this is overwhelming for me. So I want to make sure I don't miss any deadlines and that we're on target. And he was, you know, very nice. 
and said, here's what we'll do. So we set up a, a Google Meets or a Zoom call with all three of us. And he kind of explained the process. Mr. Coy was great. He was just on top of things. Very easy to follow up with him, and he followed up with us and was just always very open to helping in any way that he could help. I would post scholarships, the links, the due dates, and that helped tremendously. So my anxiety was, you know, minimized a bit. It's important for parents to um, maybe take that into consideration that it's okay to start early with the process because if you start early and maybe look at scholarships ahead of time, many of these organizations have the same deadlines year after year. So if you see a scholarship, maybe when your child is maybe a freshman or a sophomore, kind of make note of it. We needed scholarships, any type of information that we you know, could find. So he did suggest that we look at some of the local scholarships, smaller scholarships, because he explained that we could stack those scholarships versus only focusing on the larger you know, monetary funds, because sometimes those may be a little bit more challenging to get because you're competing with so many other people. Before you know it, you're at the end of junior year, and now you've got to like quickly transition and start thinking about the college application process. Towards the, the middle and end of, of the process, I think my anxiety began to subside because we were all on target. I hope you're hearing in Agina's account that she started in a stressful place, but with the help of our post-secondary counselors, she got to a far less stressed place and has been able to send her kids off to college without the financial burdens that she may have faced. You might be wondering, what can I do to find myself in a similar place? Well, HF has one of our own counselors who developed a strategy to reach out and generate scholarships. Her name is Tiffany Staples, and she has two daughters at Ohio State University. They both went to college on scholarships, making it much easier for Tiffany and her family. I asked her about the process she and her daughters use to generate scholarships. Here's what she had to offer. So first and foremost, I think knowing that it is definitely going to be a part-time job, in order to really effectively search for scholarships, complete the scholarships, and that means writing the essays to actually having to do interviews, you're going to have to devote the time. It's important to differentiate between institutional scholarships and then outside external scholarships. So first semester what we did is we really focused on those institutional scholarships. Taking a look at, okay, what schools do you want to apply to? Now let's delve into those schools and let's take a look at what scholarships they offer. Most important is looking to see if the application itself is going to be what the um, admissions office uses to evaluate the students for an academic scholarship? Or is there going to be a separate application that you actually have to complete? If students have about four essays in your toolbox, first one, a personal statement. Who are you? Talk about some type of um, event or obstacle that's happened in your life that has shaped you. The second one is going to be a career statement. What is it that you're going to school to major in? What do you want as a actual career? And how is the career that you want to actually pursue, how is that going to give back to others? The third one, I would say you want to have something on leadership. 
What type of leadership have you done? Um, have you been um, an officer of a club, either in high school or outside in the community in another type of um, organization? And how has that leadership um, role helped you? How has it shaped you? Um, how do you work with others? And how did you see that that is actually going to help you in your future? The fourth one, community service. Um, a lot of scholarships that you will find are community service based. So they want to know what type of volunteering have you done um, during your high school years. So that's going to be really important. Talk about the things that you've done in high school that were community based, as well as those things that you've done outside of high school that have been community service based. So usually if students have those four essays in their toolbox, you will find that you will be able to kind of cut and paste, use this or that to answer the essay. That's great advice, but I asked Tiffany, how do you find the time to get all of this done in a very busy senior year? Definitely, I think a way to make sure that you're going to be organized with this process is to set aside a specific time that is devoted just for scholarships, for scholarship searching, for scholarship writing, and then for the completion of the scholarships. So normally, like what I did with my daughters, we, we used a weekend, you know, depending on what their weekend looked like, depended on if that was a Saturday or a Sunday. And then we would carve out two to three hours where, okay, let's sit down, let's take a look at what scholarships have you already applied for, what scholarships are you researching, and then start to actually put those into priority. So when parents want to know how exactly can I help my student in this scholarship process, first and foremost, you can help them by prioritizing. All right. When are these scholarships due so that students can know, OK, I know I need to start with this scholarship and that scholarship and then work my way down based on when they what the deadlines are. The next thing that parents can do is you can help out by creating a file system for your students. Um, certain materials that you're going to need for every scholarship, you're gonna need transcripts, you're probably going to need test scores, you may even need the SAR, which is the Student Aid Report uh, from Financial Aid, from FAFSA. We have to remember parents, we want for our seniors to enjoy their senior year. So please make sure that you're being aware of that. Make sure that you are embracing this process by not making it too overwhelming because it is an overwhelming process. But if you just take it slow, dedicate the time and just use that time, I think that you will find success. One of the things I caution students about, and I have seen this happen, unfortunately, more times than I like, students have missed opportunities because they simply didn't pick up the phone. It was a number that they didn't recognize, so they didn't answer it, nor did they even go back to check the voicemail. I would just like to say is good luck. You can do this. Uh, just make sure that you are really taking account of all of the um, important tools and suggestions and advice that I've given you. Embrace the process. Good luck. Thanks so much for that advice, Tiffany. Those are some fantastic tips. We've heard from a couple of adults. Let's hear from some students that have gone through the application process for scholarships and hear what they did to be most effective. When we heard from Ajina Muhammad earlier in the episode, she mentioned that she had twins. Well, we're about to hear from her twins right now. Khalil and Aliyah Muhammad are both headed off to North Carolina A&T University. We'll also be hearing from a third student, Justin Pippins. He'll be going to Case Western University in the fall. Let's hear from the three of them about their experience with the college funding process. Justin speaks first. 
the search for the college scholarships is super super stressful because everybody like understands they need to get money if you don't already have like a full ride scholarship during your junior year that's usually when you're pulled out of class and your personal counselor will schedule um, a college meeting with the college counselors and then that's when you guys are able to connect about your plans for the future like during the meeting like he just like clarified and like helped me stay on track with what I need to do he basically jump-started things like I knew what I had that was like in the back of my mind and like he just brought it to my attention that I had to like uh, stay on track and stuff like that. If you don't know where to look or what you're doing like it's kind of your job to search for somebody who does. He talked about the scholarship process. I know he was basically telling us to apply to as many outside scholarships as we could. That's, I feel like, was the most important thing he told me because those have definitely helped. So I think more than anything, I just needed that push in the right direction to, okay, these are the websites you can use. So as the meetings went on, I definitely did feel more comfortable. They do have numerous lists that are proven to be scholarly sources or sources that will have some type of yield if you are to win it. If the essay prompt was similar to a question you've had in the past, you wouldn't have to start over like a new essay. You could probably just modify an old one that you had and you could still submit it. A lot of prompts that are pretty similar. You can adjust uh, your old ones and even some essay practices that I've done in school during senior year. Like for English class, we had some. I even used that for some of my uh, scholarship. A lot of applying for colleges, it's kind of time consuming, like a lot. And then sometimes when you may feel discouraged by things that happen along the way during the process and things like that. So staying motivated is definitely a key factor. And like to start scholarships early. Also, I would say the importance of having like a, a master document of sorts. A lot of the scholarships are going to ask you the same questions, personal statement, career goals, educational goals, uh, activities, extracurriculars, uh, and volunteer work. A lot of them are going to ask the same questions, so if you kind of answer it one time and put them all in like a mastery document, it makes the process easier. The questions are not too bad, they're not too hard, you know, it's pretty straightforward, you know. I have some experience with that, I think I'm pretty good with that, so you know it's not that bad. There is a significance to local and smaller scholarships that you're more likely to get. It is like a tedious process because you have to keep applying and keep applying. But I can say that they've definitely paid off. Yes, it, it was worth it. The, uh, the scholarships, all that stuff is definitely worth it. At some point, it becomes the responsibility of the student just to go and like find them. So definitely reach out as early as you can. Khalil, Aaliyah, and Justin, thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Well, we've heard from quite a few people today, our students, a parent, and one of our counselors, along with Brad and Kevin. But we got one more person we still need to hear from. That ticking clock means we've arrived at One Minute with Wakely. This is where we give one minute for our superintendent, Scott Wakely, to weigh in on the issue we're talking about. And today that issue is scholarships. Are you ready, Dr. Wakely? On your marks, get set, go. One of the biggest aspects that we have here uh, with our college counselors is the assistance with college debt. Our college counselors provide additional assistance in looking for funding opportunities. 
Uh, I would say probably 80-90% of the students at Homewood Flossmoor High School are indicating that they're going to some level of post-secondary uh, education. All of those require significant financial investments. Uh, that's an area that can be a barrier for many of our students and families. And, and that's something that we have to take seriously as part of the college selection process. And we don't want to, to limit the opportunities that our kids have just simply due to finances. And our college counselors can, can work out scenarios, can look for scholarships, help our students for academic and financial opportunities that they may not even know exist. Wow, Dr. Wakeley, you really took that one right down to the wire. Great job again. Well, we're just about to the end of this podcast series on the HF College planning process. And of course, that process can be very stressful. But my hope is after listening to these podcasts and all the great resources available, your stress level has gone from something like this to something more like this. Because after all, as Kevin likes to say, we have a PhD to distressify not only the students, but also the parents. Well, this brings us to the end of our first series of podcasts, this one on the HF College Search. If you haven't listened to the first three, I recommend you go back to the start, get to know our college counselors, hear a little bit about narrowing the college search, learn about FAFSA, and of course, know a little bit more about scholarships. That fight song tells me that I am out of time. Before I go, I want to encourage you to go to hfhighschool.org. Search for college planning on the HF website and you'll find everything you need to know to help you with post-secondary planning. Or click on the link in this podcast episode description and it'll get you right there. You'll find all sorts of things on that website that'll help you and your family in the college planning process. Thank you to everyone who helped put together these podcasts. And please, if you found value in them, share them with a friend. I'm John Elfner for HF 101. Thank you for joining us and good luck.